Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Pikmin 2. King's Field. Sin and Punishment, successor to the Earth. Majora's Mask. Tunithum. Final Fantasy 15. These are all some of my favourite games. They've got one thing in common. None of them are based off properties from Manga Time Kirara, the most popular four coma fuck. <laughs> We're keeping it. One take. We're good to go. One take. Um, one take. One take. <laughs> That's right. This is an OVA episode. We don't have to fucking care if we fuck up the introductions. That's right. Welcome to our first ever OVA special. Um. Yeah. Um. I'm Ranker. I'm Mallory. And today we are going to be talking about um. Manga Time Kirara games, but actually mostly Lucky Star by Volume, which isn't a Manga Time Kirara property. So that entire <laughs> opening bit really, was going nowhere. <laughs> really, what we're talking about is uh, the AFTF pod oeuvre mm. uh, video game properties, as it turns out. Yes. Um, um, yeah, we played... Uh, okay, well, for those of you who remember last episode, Ronka was over at my house. I was. Hanging out. Having a lovely time. Um... And so we set aside some time one night, we made a big old gumbo, and we let mm -hmm. that simmer for hours, and then Delicious. during the simmering time, it was a good gumbo. Let me get let me get some praise on that gumbo. It was it was extremely good. Uh, I thought it was really nice. Uh, I kept on coming back for um, leftovers once you left the room. Yeah, it was it was so good. That was a good gumbo. That was one of my favorite ones, I gotta say, that I've made. Um, I gotta recommend gumbo. So our, 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 I think my... Our, analog game of the night was probably making a gumbo <laughs> with your friends i recommend that heavily anyways uh, we also played five of these aftf anime property video games via I guess, emulator i guess specifically the um the big three that we've suggested yes which... it was our big three mostly yeah or no I, it was entirely our big entirely three. Our big three um so we checked out uh games from kaon hidamari sketch and the pile of Lucky Star games, which we did not even play all of. <laughs> no, we, we only did three of them. And there's... How many are there? Like, how many more than three? Um, there's a... I'm sure there's a lot. There's another Moe Drill game, and there is right, a right. PS2 version of the Vio uh, Gakuen or Torsai game. So, technically fine. Okay. Okay. And and we played the sequel and the port. So I yes. guess really we we covered we, we covered a good amount. I we think did. we did our, we did our we definitely our doo-doo diligence. <laughs> and doo-doo diligence is correct for at least one of these games. Yeah, that's right. Ooh. It stinks. It stinks. But very few actually, I got to say. We had a good time. Yeah. It was a good uh, evening. It was, it was a good evening. A lot of fun. Um so I guess we should start off by saying Mal, what was your first exposure to the PSP? <laughs> My first exposure to the PSP, and this is going to be a funny answer. Really? About th about four years ago, I borrowed my friend's PSP because oh. um, uh, she really liked Guitaru Man, but could never mm. beat a certain stage, and so I played a lot of Guitaru Man. Oh, her... what stage? Uh, it's been a while. I couldn't. I I think she was stuck on, uh, the scale the mariachi skeleton. Yeah, that's, that's not the that first hard. stage, right? That's like no, the third that's... one. The mariachi skeleton's like sixth, I think. Fourth, sixth. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah, I think she was stuck on that one. I don't quite remember. So I played a, I played a fair bit of Guitar Man. That Great is actually game. the only game I've ever played on a PSP because I never had one growing up and I never really bothered my friends who did have one. So I have limited PSP experience, actually, is a funny answer to this question. But I still have her PSP in my desk. That's fair. Guitar Man was actually the first PSP game I played. It was one of the reasons I wanted the PSP. 
It's a cool so, game. It's neat. It's neat. Um, so I got a PSP back in like um, 2011, maybe? Uh, a while ago now. Okay. Um, 2011. It's like, just it was kind of, it was kind of on its way out, but I'm not sure the Vita was out yet. Because um, the PS, the original PSP went for a long time. Um, and honestly, um, you know what? I think the P- I have a lot of respect for the PSP because it is, I think the only, the console I've had for the longest time, it is still running perfectly. I have no oh, issues Oh yeah, with no, it. the things are ironclad. Yeah, um, like shocking. I think I've last played my friends about a year ago and it still works good. It holds charge for fucking ages as well. It does. It does. I remember that was one thing when I was in high school or when that game was, when that console dropped out, I guess middle school, fuck. Middle school, high school era. Um, I remember the main thing I saw it was people were using it to watch DVDs and movies on mm. public transit. Yes. And I was impressed at the battery life on that. As a mere Game Boy Advance DS um, owner, uh, I was shocked at how you could play film on the PSP. Yeah, I mean, when I originally watched Shadow Sketch, it was in fact on my PSP, on my commute. Oh my god. So it really Just like all David comes Lynch back recommended? Just like you recommended. <laughs> I made the extra wide because of the, the PSP's... Ex- of the course. PSP has a really wide screen, actually. It's a shame the Hidamari game really wasn't is. on that. Oh, God. Um, they could have gone so wide. They could have. Um, of course, something... So that... we respect the PSP. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and uh, having a PSP is, as we get to later on, quite important for our first game, um, K-On! Hokago Live. Yeah, oh, we're going to be talking about these games in podcast order. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go K-On, Hita Sketch, Lucky Star, times three. Um, before we get into K-On, um, I'm just going to talk about Kurara Fantasia for like two minutes okay. just to prove that we know what it is. <laughs> yeah. um, Kurara Fantasia is the official Kurara Manga Time, Manga Time Kurara, um, like, gacha MOBA game. Yeah. Right? It is... I, I played it when it came out, uh, I guess, like, fucking two. Is it three years ago? Oh, it's I think it's, like, four. Is it, like, four? It's wild. Okay, like, four years ago. Uh, I played it for about a month or so. Um, I, I read even less Japanese then than I read now, and I still can't read a lot of Japanese, so I did not get a ton out of it, besides the fact that it's a surprisingly voice acted, like, a lot more mm. voice acting in it than I really expected, which is nice if you are a fan of Manga Time Kirara Properties. Um, the ones that came out on, on launch were, like, a lot of the major ones. I think it was, like, Yuyushiki, mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty sure K-On wasn't in on K-On launch, or at there. least, no. no. And then uh, Hita Sketch. Uh, the main, my main memories are Yushiki, Hita Sketch, and Kin Moza are, mm-hmm. like, the ones that I cared most about that were in the game at the time. Yeah. I think, um, I think A-Channel was around at launch as well. A-Channel was also in at launch, yeah, which is a still very cool, very great show, <laughs> A-Channel. <laughs> Look, I'll, whatever, we'll talk about A-Channel another I, time. I, um, I might end up liking it. It might be one of the situations where, like, this is really good and you have, absolutely hate it. You never know. I don't think I'll hate it. I think I might have cringe issues with, like, m- remembering when I first watched it. But that's my problem and not A-Channel's problem. Um... I think that there's a novelty charm to Kara Fantasia and seeing all your favorite girls who do nothing reimagined as funny RPG classes. Yeah. I think isekaiing every single girl in Kirara is funny. Mm-hmm. And they do some funny stuff with it. Uh, the gameplay is your most straightforward RPG 
yeah. uh, setup possible. It's a it, it to me is a little more interesting than Grand Blue, but only by millimeters, like only by the small amount. <laughs> and I do not like Grand Blue very much at all. When I played Grand Blue, I mostly went to the casino and I figured out how to how to game the over under uh, card game. Oh wow genius and then i farmed coins on that but it turns out you can't get that many coins off of it so i just got really bored really quickly um no i i treated i treated grand blue like neopets <laughs> i mean anyways ultimately that is how most grand blue players seem to treat it that's true yeah well, they the ones like trust. starving their units and not feeding them their omelets <laughs> Uh, this is to say, I don't think I, I don't think that the, I don't think that the, um, the gotcha RPG is for me in general. But mm. out of those, Cara Fantasia seems more or less serviceable, and yeah. a little difficult to use, um, without a better understanding of Japanese. And that's that is my experience with it. So we did play it. I like parts of it. I'm probably never gonna go back to it. Yeah. Uh, it was it was very generous with the gacha currency early on due to having a lot of launch issues. Uh, that is true. Meant... I remember that part. That was good. I was able to assemble a pretty complete new game cast, uh, which was nice. I remember uh, getting a lot of Urara girls, and I was like, I yeah. don't know what this is. I kept thinking that show was fake at the time, because it was like pretty <laughs> fresh for Kurara. <laughs> and I was uh, like, this is not real. What is this? Why, is, why, are, the, why are there girls from Sword Art in my game? <laughs> Ouch. That was, that was cruel. Um, no, this, they look better than that, but I was confused. The, um, the like, special attack animations in it were quite charming. I had a lot of, like, Yeah, some of those are really series. good. Um, that is true. It's 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 fine. Um, again, I'm never going back to it. It's probably improved a lot in the four years it's been running. It has a manga adaptation now, which we should probably yeah, check which out is at some very point. funny, delightfully full circle. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a game that exists. Yeah. Uh, we... Yep. Shout out Kara Fantasia. Shout we know Kara about Fantasia. it. Sponsor Do not the podcast. at us on no, no, the no, podcast. No, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No. People don't. But uh, they can sponsor. Well, us people well. don't. We'll shill it. We'll yes. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get us a sponsor. We'll play. We'll become. We'll be the English YouTubers. We'll become the Kyostin V of Cure uh, Fantasia. <laughs> so now you want to place Yusuko in attack mode. <laughs> um. All right. So that's our first game that we did not play uh, on uh, last Monday, we but not. we wanted to mention it. Our first game that we did play on Monday was Kion Hokago Live for PSP mm-hmm. bracket 2010. Uh, PSP image. I'm. If it isn't by a subset of the Project Eva devs, it was certainly Sega taking their know-how from Project Eva and providing it to another team. Uh, because this this game plays a lot like Project Eva in that it's a uh, face button based uh, music game. Uh, where you mostly use one side of the controller, but occasionally you have to use both sides. It plays a bit differently because in Project DV you can, I think, technically substitute in the arrow keys for the uh, face buttons unless it's a double note. Yeah, um, that's my understanding. Okay, on uh, <coughs> Life, you can't do that. Um, other And similarly, it has kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily harsh note timings, um, but fairly... It was fairly either... Precise. It was either, like... We okay. We don't know if it was emulator lag or just. I a bad do now. Game. I do. It was horrifying emulator lag. Um, oh, okay. That's good to know. That is yeah. actually good to know. Um, yeah. Uh, so if you play an emulator, don't use whatever the fuck RetroArch is something. I don't fucking like RetroArch. I'm gonna say it. I know people say it's great and it's really good if you know what you're doing, but like, I have so much more problems with it than when I've just used separate emulators. Um, 
Alternatively, if you know how to change input lag for rhythm games on RetroArch, please let us know, because yeah. I might have to get a copy of that then. Yeah. Because well, I, I like this game. Wait, I mean, do you have a um, you have a PSP, don't you? you? Oh my god, I have a PSP, holy crap. You can just you can just hack it and put the game on it. Oh, I forgot you can do that. Okay, never yeah. mind. Don't don't at me about RetroArch. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's what I did, because I was curious. I was like... <sighs> Was this really, really? I remember it being kind of janky when I played it, but not that bad. I was like, no, it's it's totally fine. Uh, again, it just has slightly strict note timings, which I don't particularly like, and the way in which so uh, the way it works, which is kind of cute, is all the music's actually kind of laid out in the style of sheet music. Um, yeah, it's a really cute setup. It is kind of annoying to read, frankly, because ultimately, obviously, you get to the point where the meter ends and it then rolls over to the next, which means you have to then send your eyes to the left side of the screen. And then keep on reading it from there, which uh, it's a cute idea. Um, I find it mildly frustrating, but I think it was a, a fun concept. It's uh, a really cute idea. I thought that it roughly mirrored how it feels to actually read sheet music, which I thought was pretty adorable. Mm. And then it sort of occurred to me they don't use sheet music in Kaon. They don't, right? They don't. It's just like I guess you have like the school vibes or something. Yeah. Um, but as, uh, yeah, as it occurred to me they don't use the sheet music yeah probably i mean like you know that yui got her practice books out but i bet those are written in tabulature and not in yes. uh, staff like 100%. almost 100 percent. i i would put money on that those are written in tab mm-hmm. um that being said i think that the scrolling was awkward but once i got used to it it did feel kind of natural mm. and a little and more than a little nostalgic to be honest with you uh i did yeah. grow up playing in a lot of uh sheet music stuff in middle school high school so that was that was um kind of pleasant i I will say it was it was more pleasant than it was distracting slash frustrating once i got used to it yes i i think it's just a bit of a you just have to get into it when you play so because i I picked up again because i remember like i managed to sort of get all right when we were playing it and then when i was playing on psp then at the first thing i did i was like oh this is really hard i bet on a smaller screen that's kind of crazy actually it's actually it's easier on a small screen because your eyes have less difference to travel Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, we played all these on the big screen, which definitely yes. made the scrolling v- very odd. Yeah, and the lag was just absolutely But obviously, <laughs> yeah, the biggest issue was the input lag, which was um, really difficult. We tried about three different three different controller setups, um, yeah. all of which got worse Im- impressively. Somehow, yeah, it's like we started with... Uh, started with your controller. Wireless controller. Uh, a, which was wireless, so I thought maybe that's part of it. No. And then we tried we... my wired controller, which was worse. Somehow. And, and we tried, we tried the, keyboard, the keyboard. Which was... I think actually wasn't as bad, but it was even harder to context- like conceptualize the notes to the to your hands. Yeah. What I don't... like... Oh, yeah. Your controller had enough of a lag timing where it was like a measurable part of the rhythm. Mm. So it was easier to sync up for the most part. That lag... Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where it's like if it's like so. a, a measurable chunk of the beat, like a sixteenth or like a thirty second, you can mm-hmm. sort of like visualize it and you can sync it up better. But if it's just slightly barely off, it's like impossible with that how with how tight the timing windows were. And it, it does also have the the classic. Pro- I twenty years. This is not an issue, but I think both Mal and agreement. Mal and I are in agreement about um, the Project Diva issue of it's just not awfully intuitive. Because... Well, really, this is us as as um as as white devils having an issue with uh, memorizing the PlayStation face buttons. 
um like that i think like like it's not readable it's not intuitive but also if i had been playing playstation my whole life i'm mm. sure it would not even be an issue like i do I... have to recognize that that's probably just simple if that's part of it no i don't i've been playing I don't know. playstation like... a lot of my life and i have those issues i i just think ah, it's fair enough it, it just is i think i think ultimately the reality is that rhythm games are at their best when they're not about reading abstract inputs where they're the best when like the inputs are very you can like you know you can't actually see what your hands are doing but like in a guitar hero or rock band or whatever you know what your hands are doing in relation to what's being shown on screen oh certainly yeah there's like a muscle memory happening yeah you, know, you, you don't have to watch your hands that much yeah or even like technically still abstract like tune them where you're like playing a virtual keyboard to the music it, you can tell it's like yeah when my finger meets the note is how and obviously most mobile rhythm games also never like inherently by design have have that lack of abstractness conversely that's why i think osu is shit and there's a lot of reasons why i think osu is shit oh, okay osu, osu is shit for a lot of reasons i do agree <laughs> but like um i played a lot of project mirai on the ds oh, yeah. and the touchscreen stuff is pretty nice i gotta say it, oh, yeah. it feels good it's pretty readable and then Project Diva, I got the PS4 one that was in English. I forgot which one that is. Um, um several words. There's F and I, I think F. it was F. I think it was F. Yeah. Um, I got Project Diva F, and I played enough of that to the point where I was sight reading the PlayStation face buttons. Mm -hmm. So I started to lose that part of the issue, but I was amazed at how much at how much of an uphill battle that was. Because then also I just I just imported a copy of Tyco. Uh, with the controller, and it was just like, oh, I just I didn't pick up Diva since I got that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I I I am with you as as an instrumental musician myself. Um, the muscle memory of a rhythm game's inputs are like such a key part of it, and this has the Project Diva PlayStation face button problem. Yeah, but ironically, where it does actually compensate, um. And again, our bad... Well, actually, our bad emulator issues made this more obvious. Uh, is the... So when you play... When you use a song, you get to choose one of the five members of Cargo Tea Time to play as. And then you play specifically their part of the song. Um, and it is very specifically their part of the song, which is neat. And they do a few kind of cool things in the interface with this. Yeah, it's got a nice... Um, I really like the character select screen for each song. It's got, It's really cute. It's it's really cute. You get a like nice little so like animated a menu where you can choose the characters, um, and then obviously because everyone everyone has a slightly different playstyle. So Ritsu is because obviously she's a drummer, a lot more rhythmic, a lot more about sort of doing kind of consistent button streams. Uh, the guitarists tend to have a bit more sort of like complexity mixing it up. Uh, Rit um, uh, Mio has the really cute thing is because she's left-handed, her inputs are mostly based on the left side of the controller oh, rather than the right side. I didn't side. even realize it was because of that. Oh, that's so cute. It's it, and it, it that's kind of because cool, someone's right-handed. It's like oh, that actually kind of hurts my hand to do so many left inputs like this. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it's, it's and then Moogie tends to just have a lot of random stuff going on as the keyboardist. Yeah. I will say I, f I found um something I really enjoyed as a fan of Kaon. And a fan of most of the music I've heard from Kaon was um, a lot of those, like, okay, a, a lot of the mixing in Kaon songs are just, like, pure Annie song, where it's, like, mm -hmm. you flatten a lot of the mix. Um, so they, this game does the rock band thing of, like, whichever instrument you're playing is is boosted really high in the mix. 
Yeah, it, which I thought was cool. It's not boosted as high on on physical console. It was in the emulator. Interesting. Okay. Like it's it's still boosted. It's still noticeable. Uh, you can still tell your parts taking the lead, and it gives you interesting th- things like uh, in "Don't Say Lazy." There's m- extended parts of that where Moogie's not actually playing anything. So even though yeah. her, her version of it's quite high difficulty, there'll just be bits of like five seconds of Mew singing, and you don't have to play anything. Um, and you come in the wah 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 wah, and it's oh no, it's it's really well put together in that respect. And it also lets you appreciate oh, I say because the the mixing is so flat in the anime, it's like oh wait no, these songs actually do have five distinct instrumental parts you can pick out. Yeah, I got a lot of I had a lot of fun hearing oh that's what the keyboards sound like on this or that song because you just can't notice them in the mix whatsoever on like the studio cut. Um, same with a lot of bass parts actually. Um, speaking of bass parts, one of my favorite bass parts uh, did not seem to be in the game's roster, at least by the time that we had stopped playing with it. Mm-hmm. Does Kagayake show up? Yes, it does. Okay, thank I, God. I ended up basically finishing the game, uh, and every song that is in Season 1 in some form, whether in the actual show or on the character CDs... Uh, actually, the game by volume is like... Because there's only like six songs in Season 1 itself... So the game is oh, like... Oh, yeah, it's mostly external media that yeah. they have to pull from. But that most of those are actually pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, um, I think the character fun. image songs are pretty cute. Ritsu's is a real banger. Uh, 100% up, up, up. Yep. That one's, that one's good. Uh, they're all pretty good. Um, Azus has got a pretty good one. Um, they're all fun. Uh, and then... Uh, showing the Project Diva DNA, there's a lot of unlockable outfits and accessories you can dress the girls up in. Um, that's right which you seem to again have to do a lot of playing the game in order to unlock all of those um but uh it seems also when you get like especially i think one of the reasons you weren't unlocking many of them when we were playing earlier is that you have to get a decent rank to yeah to, that makes sense which was pretty hard when we were playing with horrible lag but when you're playing on on console it's, it's pretty easy um i will then, say i pulled a couple of b's which i'm pretty happy with i i got an s for one Ooh. song yeah Ooh. thank thank you Ritsu. Um, but yeah, um, and it does also have the, the Project Diva thing of, there is an entire music video editor in the game. Oh, cute. Oh my God. If you can be bothered to learn that. I admit, I, I took one look at it. I was like, this is too complicated for me. Uh, I was <laughs> never any good at the Project Diva one. Uh, I, this one's less complicated than the Project Diva one, which is not hard. Cause Project Diva one's like basically a full on copy of like Miku Miku Dance that you just have to control with a PS3 controller. Not great um, as experience, but pretty cool as as a thing that exists. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's there. And you also have an alarm clock feature. Um, that always was weird to me that anyone would have an alarm clock feature on a, um, on a like, mobile console, like a, like a, a portable. I remember a lot I... of DS games had that. The DS base menu screen has that. I never yeah. understood how it was supposed to work because it wouldn't turn on my console. Uh, so I think the you, alarm. Just, you just well so the one one of the good things about the the psp why it probably works better the most is you can um turn off the screen while keeping the game going okay so you're just supposed to have it in suspension i guess uh no it's, so you can put rather than putting suspension it's like you so if you, so if you don't want the screen like lighting up your room as you sleep you put the alarm clock feature on, plug it in, charge, whatever, and then if you press the brightness button, hold it down, the screen turns off, but the game keeps on running. Okay. So basically turn your PSP into an actual alarm clock. 
So I think it's a cute feature, and like you can have like uh, all the kids. You could like choose one of the characters, and they had different like wake up noises depending on what time of day it was. So seems not bad. That's cute. pretty cute. Um, I did like the, the idea of Az just like getting mad at you for setting your alarm clock for like four p.m. <laughs> on a weekday. Uh, and then there's also uh, a bit of like room decorating features and stuff. There's there's a, there's a nice amount of stuff to go on in it. Um, it's it's a cute game. I was I was charmed by it. Uh, yeah, much it, more it charmed about a... the input lag. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That makes sense. I was still pretty charmed with the input lag. Um, mm. So I'm glad to hear that the game itself does not have that problem. That was yes. all MU. The game is, that is, game is that is heartwarming to hear. Oh, yes. thank God. Um, I gotta say, uh, the chibi CG models in that game, pretty great. I really loved looking at them. They are very adorable. They're the big fucking heads. Huge. Huge old heads. Massive. Yeah, good chibi style. Big fan of the CG models in that one. I think that might, um, fully cover that game. I believe so. So I guess it's it's time to move on to our, our second game. Um, fuck, I can't remember what's called. Hitamori Sketch uh, X365 uh, Doko Demo Sugoroku. Woo! Uh, or the DS, bracket, 2009. Oh, 2009. Ah. I think I would have to be 2009, wouldn't it, if it was based on Season 2. Yeah, I would have uh, to be. Yeah, this is a a neat game. Um, It's a... Going in, we called it the, the Mario Party Hitamori Sketch game, which isn't really true. Yeah, It's got a it's, board yeah, game. Yeah, it's not that. And it's got mini games, but it's not quite Mario Party, which is a shame in some respects. Um, what it is, is an adaptation of the anime, the first two seasons of the anime, told in chronological order as a DS board game, which is a very specific thing to be. <laughs> it's Yeah, uh, it's a fascinating kind of game that I don't think I've seen before really elsewhere yeah i i don't think i've seen anything like this um it feels like it's that would have been uh okay the anime adaptation weird party board game was a thing okay uh in the early 2000s um you'd, you'd see it with like a lot of franchises where it was like kind of um i can't remember if either gash bell or lord Vueki had one um but there were a few others out there. Yeah, both those. I cannot we... believe you call it Gash Bell for real, for real. It's called Gash. It's called Konjiki no Gash Bell. I know it's called Gash Bell, but we we live in North America over here. Or sorry, oh, one of us do. Is it oh, wait, was it localized as Zatch Bell in the UK as well? Or... I don't think we ever got it in the UK. Oh wow. Okay. But, but we. I mean, I think Gash is originally a British term, so I think they would have. Had I can only it. imagine it would not have been localized as gash in the uk yeah. for the same reason that it wasn't in north america oh it's fucking um there's a transformer uh who's <laughs> had to have their name changed in recent years because there's uh there's these like dinobots that all call things like snarl or swoop or whatever yeah and there's the... one that was called like pussy coochie slag <laughs> oh man that's funny <laughs> that's a good one and yeah now i think recently he's he's changed his name to sludge so proud of him that's kind of cool that's good. Um, I'm proud yeah, of the Transformers it's... for being less misogynistic. I guess. <laughs> Thank you, Transformers. What is, what is slag in in UK? Is it just like horror kind or yeah. whatever? Or like yeah, okay. uh, it's it's not too. It'd be like um, slut is probably at the level of intensity. Okay, got it, got it. Nice. But, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, 
Uh, this is a, a cute board game game where you move around the board, you roll numbers on a dice, and you go forward that many days in the calendar, and depending on the day you land on, uh, you might get some points, you might lose some points, you might play a mini game, uh, which are quite cute. Um, not very easy to play on a PC. <laughs> well, on a touch, okay, if, if, we were, if it wasn't a touchpad, I think we would have had a much better luck. If yes. It was on a laptop touchpad. If there was a mouse hooked up to it, I didn't see it. And uh, either way, I don't think that it's important to draw very well in a drawing <laughs> minigame. I think it's important to have fun, first and foremost. <laughs> I think that we could learn that from uh, Hugh and Mario's sketch when we watched it. It's that the most important part about art is that it's having fun, and it's not drawing really well. That is true, but Yoshino so a lot of... did neg us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. She did not give us a very good passing grade. <laughs> She gave you a passing grade. She gave me a hard 24, which is very cool. I really thought I would have at least gotten a 30. I don't know. It was hard to draw the Hidamari Sketch Sun uh, on, on, a, on a DS, on a trackpad, on an emulator. It was, uh, it other was than that, unfortunate. pretty good time. Yeah. Um, so as you go through the board, you some squares will like, force you to stop on them, at which point you then actually have to... That's not have to, but you uh, get to watch a visual telling re-novel of one of the bits from the series that is done fairly line for line from the anime to the point where Mal pretty uh, much had just some of these bits memorized, which is very cute. Well, yeah, I, I've I've got a lot of that show memorized. Uh, also, um, the board is a calendar. Like, okay, so the premise for the calendar game is that there's an intro where Yoshinaya is giving them an assignment to. Um, sort of like recap their past year or their favorite experiences mm-hmm. um, and I thought that the assignment was going to be that the girls were making this board game Yeah. Um, but the board game is just sort of how they're remembering their year together it's very weird I, I actually thought the board game was going to be completely diegetic maybe it is yeah. revealed to be that at the end who knows we, did. I, we, only, got s- we only got through May yeah I assume that's that I feel like the direction it was going with the whole bit like let's let's make something together yeah, I assume. Yeah. Um, so the board game itself is like a calendar, and the spaces are like the one through thirty in the <laughs> month, which is yep. very cute. And then the squares you land on that have the corresponding anime scenes are that date in the show. Uh, so what's quite cute about it is that you can also see scenes that are game original. Uh, and yes, one of them was good enough that I thought it was an anime bit. Uh, it was the one you actually were away from the screen from. Um, the it, one where she fall down. The one, the one where, yeah, Miyako fall down and then Sai is like, maybe she just die, Miyako. I was like, wow. Yeah, they got really catty. That was, uh, that was, that was delightful stuff. Um, we also were theorizing that perhaps um, Sai was so hostile to Miyako because it was very early in their time together, mm. and she definitely, she definitely warms to her after about a year or so. But that first year, she is hilariously rude to Miyako for most of their, most of their interactions. Honestly, kind of rocks. Yes, those are cute. Uh... This one's probably like the most content light of all the games we played in there. It's very much just like, oh, here's the Hidamari Sketch Combo VN board game thing. But uh, very charming sprite art. And some oh, yes. some art, which I assume couldn't have been game original because it seemed too nice to be game original. But also, we didn't recognize from anywhere. It definitely wasn't from the anime. I should also say this game has a full OP set to the season 2 OP song, Washoi. Mm-hmm. 
um, that was a completely unique uh, animated sequence with a lot of unique illustrations in it. Some of them looked like they were probably Ume Aoki originals from the manga. Mm-hmm. Some of them just looked like they were, I, they might have just been done for the game or like they were just left over from after the show had been made, perhaps season, season two or something. Yeah, just lots of, um, I got to say, as a diehard fan myself, I got a lot of mileage out of just seeing unique, uh, fresh content from this era of Hita Sketch uh, for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, let alone the unique scenes where it's like the, the game original little quick scenes. Um, the other one was also really good. The one where um, Miyako offers to um, be a model for uh, Yuno. Because um, we were we were talking about how... Um, okay, so they're, sorry, backing up a bit. This one little scene, they're in Yoshinoya Sensei's class and she's asking them to do a drawing um just for free time and they and you know can't decide what to draw and miyako is just like i'm just gonna fall asleep and so you know draws sleeping miyako which we thought was a really cute parallel for what happens in the art festival later that season mm-hmm. when uh miyako draws you know for like her big show piece and you know is definitely kind of snoozy in that one she's not asleep asleep but you know she's she's working on it um i thought that was a, i thought that was adorable um a lot of little bits like that just i i've if I were fully fluent, I would probably crack that open just to go through it like a completionist. Yeah, definitely. There were a lot of, lot of charming bits in there that like would be worth revisiting at some point, I feel like. Oh, definitely. Lots of uh, unique uh, voice clips as well. Like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff for like the game board itself, where it's uh, you got Yuko Goto going A to throw the dice every time. That was just a treat, um, an absolute treat. Oh, and lovely character sprites as well. Very Such great, yeah, very really good art. But really adorable. Yeah, I definitely um, agree. I think in a lot of ways, definitely, maybe content light is the wrong word, but definitely the game that um, expands the least on the show itself, because this mm-hmm. game mostly is an adaptation of the first two seasons of the show in a pretty cute format. Mm-hmm. And then there's some mini games. One of them was yeah. like a volleyball game that reminded me straight up of like the Hamtaro Olympics uh, Game Boy game. <laughs> it seemed exactly like that to me. Makes sense. Um... It it did not seem to have an actual multiplayer mode though, which is kind of weird for a. I think it did, right? We just had to. I... It would have had to have been multiple DSs, right? Yeah, well, it would have been, but like, yeah, I, I. But I mean, I guess so. But I guess with how the game works, you could just pass around the DS, couldn't you? Because it was there's like no versus multiplayer games or anything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the multiplayer games aren't even like Mario Party style versus the other players on the board. They're just very abstracted. They're just mini games that you can hit up and you will get points if you complete them. And the points just seemed truly random in a way that was very funny. Yeah. It was Um Computer Sai was crushing the mini games, I must Ooh. say. I think she was really good at tracing the outline of the sun. Makes sense. But yeah. The the screen I know I don't know what the end of the game is like. Maybe maybe you get cool prizes. Maybe you go on to year two. Um well, I imagine you wouldn't go into year two because of the, the that not, not being aired just, yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if it did go into manga-only stuff, that would have been pretty interesting, though. That would have been neat. Mm, um, yeah, a, a weird one. A weird one, but a cool one. Definitely definitely charming. Definitely felt like it was it was uh, not a high-budget game, but one made with um, appreciation for the series. Definitely. Lots of love in that one. But, um, 
if not appreciation for the series. Um, yes. One might argue that there's a wrong way and a right way to appreciate a series. And, you know, maybe that's unfair. Like, I, I feel like, you know, everyone should be able to bring their own interpretations to works of fiction. However, I don't think we needed to play the Lucky Star dating game VN. <laughs> we still don't know that it was a dating game. Uh, and to I, be I, clear, we're, yeah. we're talking about Lucky Star Ryo'o Gakuen Otosai Portable. Uh, PS2 version 08, PSP version, the one that we played, 2010. Uh, I did look at this up, and apparently um, it is a a very light galge in that there's like like vaguely romantic endings but it's not because obviously it, it would be contradictory to canon never like very sort of just right we we are now good friends sort of stuff rather than anything explicit okay well fair enough that actually makes a lot of sense based on what we saw yeah um it is it is a game which is a lucky star vn with with shockingly absolutely bafflingly no skip function there is no way to speed up the text whatsoever, which is <laughs> strange. Honestly, it's, there was it's... one way you can just hit the button really fast. To a degree, but like there was still like a bit of a lag. Like you couldn't just like no, yeah, you re... push through it. Okay, it was... to be fair, that might have also been input lag on the emulator because it's the same emulator. Was that also RetroArch for the PSP? Uh, yes, it would have been. Okay, that might have been RetroArch, but yeah, no, it's can't move that text too quickly uh which for a visual novel is kind of insane for sure <laughs> especially saying it's one with like multiple routes and like hidden stuff that you can get by making the right choices i uh, have I to assume on god that if you are replaying a segment surely there's a skip button that like shows up at that point isn't it kind isn't isn't skip scene content kind of a standard option i mean yeah but so is like uh, high speed text options. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. No, <laughs> but you're, I know what you mean. You're right. It, it might have some kind of flowchart system that we, we didn't see. Um, yeah. And I will say the presentation of it, really cute. It starts with a game original opening. That was quite charming. Very good intro sequence. I think my I think my favorite game exclusive intro sequence that we saw, probably. Uh, out of all I... the games. The Heatiscus one's really good. This one was a close yeah. second. I would say so. Um, yeah, it was. it was... It was fun. And what's quite interesting is this one features a bunch of the manga characters who we didn't manage to get up to, unfortunately. But it is interesting because this game uses the anime voice cast, uh, which is relevant. And that will come back later on, actually. Mm -hmm. So why are you specifying that? It's like, there is a reason. Um, and it, the audio compression did make us wonder if it wasn't the anime voice cast briefly. Kuroi Sensei sounds Yeah, she sounds the most, the most uh, punished by the compression. Mm -hmm. And she's also talking way faster than she normally does. Yeah, she's very gankied up. Um, but yeah, uh, in our we played it for like a longer than we should have. It was like an hour or so. We gave it a solid hour for sure. Yeah. Um, really like the sprite work. There's like mm -hmm. a pleasant wideness to all their faces, almost Hida sketch esque. I would say it's definitely closer to manga style than anime style for sure. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought that the sprite style was real cute. The sprites are adorable. Uh, we saw some faces. really good. We saw some really good Hiori's. We saw some really good uh, Patties. Yeah, I think those were our goats for the game, probably. Of course, as they are with all things Lucky Star. Um, well, true, truly. And in general, the game had a lot of like a fun visual design. Although it had it had the bizarre thing like um, it had this one built-in Nico Nico commentary thing, where occasionally... yeah, it was so weird. 
Yeah, occasionally like, it would just go, ah, oh, keep that, or oars, whatever, when... Yeah, I had um, o- OTZ a lot, was, O-T-Z, was funny. Because I've also never seen OTZ. I've seen ORZ, lowercase, and I've seen OTL, uppercase. I've never seen OTZ, uppercase, before. It's it's an older one. I think it's only got depreciated with time. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, but, but it seemed random when those would pop up. It didn't really seem to match anything that was happening in terms of dialogue or scene, uh, which was funny. So it would just pop up, like, Kanata would just say something kind of cringe, and it would just say OTZ in the corner <laughs> with, like, big letters. Um, very uh, odd. Just So the premise for this one is that the Lucky Star gang is looking to make a big splash for the school festival. Yep. I guess this is in an alternate universe where they don't do the cheerleading song dance. I guess that's what we're going to go with. Right? Oh, yeah. Got, yeah, actually, that's a good point. Like this, like that seems to be the re-envisioning here. Mm-hmm. Um, worth noting that we didn't read enough of the manga to know if the cheerleading dance is anime exclusive or not. Of course, it must be. It I must assume. be. I I assume, but like we don't know for sure. So that's perhaps this is simply following what the manga does. Who knows? Um, and you are playing as a student in Kanata's class, um, who you can name. We named ours Bonkura. <laughs> Um, big fan of Raccoon. Yeah, you're playing just a random guy in Kanata's class. Yeah, he's just, I just moved in. New transfer student. Just moved in, that's it, right. Um, and amusingly enough, first thing it is a a Lucky Star, um, pseudo-Garage. Um, Miyuki is in it a lot. Miyuki Uh, is the first character you see the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I I I guess I made a note here saying it seems demographically apt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> God. God, Miki was, was, she was really popular back in the day, wasn't she? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's she's just Moe. She's perfect at first glance, and she is so Moe. Like, it makes sense. As think, as Patty would say, nice Moe. Do you think um, Mammy from Madoka stole some of her thunder? I don't know. I I, I, guess... I I feel like the people who like what Miyuki is serving versus the people who like um what Mami is serving and also dying those feel a little different to me, but I kind of uh, see what you mean. They 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 feel like they serve a certain like kind of in reality. I think I think that Mio stole some of Miyuki's thunder first. Oh, that's a good point. Mm, like Mio Kion, yeah, Mugi yeah. to a certain extent as well, but Mugi is a different flavor. Yeah. Mugi yeah, so... stole Miyuki's um, lesbian swag, certainly, to be certain. But, but I guess Of which Mio Miyuki also... does not have a lot. Yeah, but I guess Mio is also kind of for the Tsukasa fans. Tsukasa, uh, Kagami yeah. fans. Well, she's a bit soon soon, but then Azusa shows up, right? Like, Azusa even has the Twin Tails. Like... That's true. That's true. Let's... Uh, I thought Azusa fa- fans are pretty crazy, aren't they? They're kind of bananas. I think Azusa yeah. has the crazy. I think Azusa gets the craziest fans. Mio fans are just polite and they buy uh, entire bass guitars in her image and they <laughs> sit politely in the corner. Azusa fans write manifestos um, about twin tails and about cats. Yeah, that's a good point. That is that is a good point. I I do feel like a lot of people who are Mio fans are also Azusa fans though. I don't disagree with that, but if we're talking about girls who stole Miyuki's thunder, I think that Mio is uh is chronologically first compared to Mami. That's, that's fair. Yep, I can see that. I'll I'll buy that. Um, there was a weird part in this game that I don't know if we understand fully, involving a spaceship. Yeah, there was like a an alien 
who might also be someone from the manga. We weren't quite sure. I think uh, so. I think so. Like, and we don't remember her name. Yeah, which is a shame because that came to haunt us later on. Yeah, uh, we, we should have known her name. It would have been helpful. Would have, um, but... Yeah, yeah, she's riding the spaceship called the Lucky Star, which is shaped like a big star, and it's in orbit. And it's also the anime, like, it seems to be happening in the game at the same time as the events of the festival. But also it is the plot of the anime that Kanata lent the player character on a DVD, right? Mm. It seemed like, yeah, or like, seemed the implication to be that. And then the cutting TV, between them. And the TV also was showing ads for the idol game that we played later on in that session yeah. that night it was just very a very a very densely knotted web of lucky star paraphernalia is what this game was serving up to us yeah and i guess something that's also quite interesting is i i think there was like also a bit of like an endless eight vibe to it as well but i oh. when did when did endless eight air was that 2008 or 9 2009 i, I think, think it was really i think so or do you think it was later than that I'm googling Endless 8. Uh, yeah, 09, you're right. So, I don't know. It seems to be... So, I guess this was technically before Endless 8 in the anime. Um, yeah, I don't know. The game seems to have, like, a degree of... Oh, this is very much a game of the era that revels in it being a game of the era kind of charm. Oh, for sure. But it was it was also kind of dull. It feels like it knows its audience, and I think that yeah. um, we were not quite the audience, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, I will say the first proper the girls are hanging out in the classroom chatting bit that you get, that was pretty good. It starts yeah. off with Kanata eating the Choco Corne, and that's what you want. That's what you want to see. That's what we want to see is is Kanata eating a chocolate Corne. And then um, all the so cats that go, was yo, Kanata eating it wrong. It's it's really immaculate. It was good, uh, and then and then Kuroi Sensei runs in and goes, "Yo, Kanata, you gotta eat that shit fast." And then Kanata starts like gagging and and and, and choking on the cornet, which was fantastic. Big fan. Oh, and there was also another girl who, again, might have later been reincorporated into the the Greater Lucky yeah. Star canon. There was this uh, game original. I'm pretty sure girl who was like, kind of I got her shitty name here. Uh, Nagamori Yamato. She had a weird attitude. In a kind of a cool way. Yeah. She's she seems like a bit of a bitch, and I think that that's dope. But this still seems to be setting up some kind of, like, childhood friends thing with her. So, glad we got out of there before that happened. Yeah, it was weird. It, it de They were definitely building up to some dumb crap, for sure. Yeah, I think that's all we can say about that game, because yeah. it was our least favorite of our Lucky Star trilogy, by far. Absolutely. Least favorite of the night, also, by a fair Yeah, well, least favorite of the night, for sure. Um, But... You know, it's a VN. We put the least amount of time into it proportionately. Also, yes. it looks stupid and, and dull. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it. N yeah, not the hot game. Um, it's probably gonna be a bit of a shorter episode than normal, but let's still take a little breaky poo here. I think so. Time in my demio. 
しょうもない男はノーガンチュウ You can do 巷にあふれるはカップルにはならへんノーサンキューパーリラクトリパーリナイパーリナイ毎日をバーリハウスさせてくれるダーリン from the A Dr. Kawashima's brain training style Lucky Star game is how I describe it.、Um, but then we decided to go on and instead play the sequel because we thought, well, you know, let's play, we're probably going to play one of them, so let's just play the, the one that seems like it's got more features.、Um, and before I played the original one, it seemed a bit bare bones.、Um, the sequel, on the other hand, seemed pretty fancy.、Um, as far as. Truly baffling anime tie in games go.、Uh, well, this is even the most baffling one this episode, but I quite liked what you played in this one. Oh, for sure. Very, very interesting game.、Um, before we get too much further, I want to shout out the、uh, cold open joke that they pull at the title <laughs> screen. Yeah.、Uh, which is very adorable, where you start off the game and it's like this fake SNES、um, Dig Dug clone where. Kanada is Moe Lee drilling into diamonds and getting a high score. And then she goes, like, That's not the right kind of drill. And then the actual game starts, which is cute. That that was a good bit. That got me. It, it, was, it was strong enough that you thought I put the wrong r o m Yeah. Yeah, no, it was strong enough that I was like, Wait a minute. I think the emulator adds to that experience where it's like, Oh man, I did not know there was a Lucky Star、uh, SNES game about drilling that's so sick. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a genuinely it's a really fun little intro to a game that seems to span. Well, it seems to be interesting how it fits into Lucky Star Gang, because neither of us have read much of the manga. And we know there's several characters that could have been in the, the anime that weren't. Like, we know there's this, like, Garu character, and we also know there's this, like, secondary teacher who might also have been the pilot of the spaceship in the.、Right. Um, Uh, the visual novel game. We're not really sure about that one. I think, but... that the, I think that it must be the same one because she's sort of like our tutorial guide for this game and she introduced herself as the captain of the Lucky Star. Yeah. And this, I, this would have come out before、um, the other game. So I guess, I guess the Lucky Star spaceship is just the thing that's in the manga. What is going on in the Lucky Star manga? <laughs> I don't know, but I've never been more interested to read it than after having seen whatever the fuck is happening in these games. Um,. Just, just confusing shit, but very cool. Actually, also, what's doubly worth noting is that this isn't just、uh, pre manga. This is pre anime, I believe, or at least、uh-huh. contemporary with the anime. The first Lucky Star Mojo was before the manga, and as such. Its, Not before、uh, the manga, before the anime. Oh, yeah, before the anime, of course. <laughs> before the manga would be kind of weird.、Um, before the anime. And as such, it, for its、uh, voice clips and so on, it employs a different voice cast. Mm-hmm. And you can see、uh, they referenced the Moe Drill, the first Moe Drill game in the show, a little bit here and there.、Um, and yeah. yeah, the different voice cast for everyone we've come to know and love. Which we didn't hear extensively, but I'm not going to lie, from what I did hear, Kanada's original voice is way better than her anime one. 
I don't know. Okay, which, I don't know if I would say better, only because Hirano is so iconic in the role. And, of course, they play up a lot getting, like, you know, her role as Kanata is integral to the show for more reasons than just her performance as Kanata is good. So it's hard yes. to say. I hesitate to say better or worse. But the angle on Kanata that they took here, where she's kind of more like a gruff, borderline tomboy kind of otaku, mm. is very enticing, I must say. I would definitely, I would definitely not hate... I, I would definitely be interested in seeing the version of the show that had, like, weird, disaffected, like, Butch Kanata voice. Yeah. I, I know I would like her more. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like I said, context, context, yeah. but like she's really, really good. I, I quite liked Kanata voice. The other different voice that stood out to me a lot was the Patty. Um, mm. The game Patty is much more leaning into the um, foreigner with funny accent trying to speak Japanese stuff, which is yeah. fun. Um, a bit more one note, but definitely a very fun performance for sure. Yeah, no, in general, it's, it's, there is a bit of the, not uncanny, but it, it just feels odd to hear voices that are definitely different um right especially for such a hallmark show and a hallmark mm -hmm. performance from a hallmark actress absolutely very strange but very cool yeah the, the actual game's gameplay as as you see throughout the tutorial is basically a series of little mini games of varying educational value i would um, say so that's appropriate where you, you have quick maths you have um, English lessons. Uh, yes. All of the sample dialogue seems to be famous anime quotes. I recognized a couple. There's definitely an FMA one or two in there. Yeah. And there's definitely some, like, Getter Robo type shit as well. Mm. For sure. And then there's the two other main ones that are really quite funny. Um, they get Kuroi Sensei to introduce the Japanese accent challenge. Yes. Which um, where they highlight a province of the country and then they show you a sample sentence of um, of 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 towny hick gobbledygook and you have to translate it into proper Japanese. Yes, uh, which was not easy. Uh, I completely kicked my ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, it turns out um, it turns out for for uh we got the appropriate rating for that one which is the lowest rank which is foreigner which you know what mm. they're not fucking wrong they're not wrong uh and then there was also the the tsundere uh, um assignment yes you have to choose what something is when well, it's i think it's called the the tsundere judgment yes um, that's it and they give you a they give you a sentence and you have to decide from the multiple options on the bottom screen whether it's some different variant of dere so those would be Sundere, or just dere, or just sun, or uh, yandere, or tsungire, or, or dere tsun, dere tsun, which always kude. makes me laugh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. That one was very cool and absolutely a relic of the era. I feel like a lot of those words get flattened, so, especially in English um, fandom. A lot of those words have been mm. flattened so much that like picking out the difference between dere, tsundere, tsun, tsun, tsun. And Deritsun, it's 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 a challenge. It's a hard one. It's pretty difficult. Not the most, not as difficult as the accent quiz, but uh, up there. I will say, uh, I never felt ripped off by any of the answers in that one. That seemed like it was pretty yes. honest. It just seems like there's a lot of nuance that we are not quite getting, which is completely fine. Yeah, I think it's also meant to be slightly funny as well. Oh, definitely. 
Bob Spencer. You know, the whole game is because the maths one is legitimate enough and just about difficult enough that you're like, oh, maybe this game is kind of genuine. I guess the English language quiz would also be a bit complicated if you didn't know English natively. The, the mm-hmm. English quality was very high. I was yeah, quite surprised. Definitely. The quality of the questions was high. The quality of the grammar was good. And I would say that the uh, humor quality of the joke answers was fantastic. Yes. Um, there are some really, really good funny gag options. I'm going to pull up some of the examples I saved here. Because um, these are worth saving, a lot of these. Um, blank can use guts to turn a 30% success rate into 100%. And your options are a real sister, a real hero, or a real Nekomimi. <laughs> and then uh, smile so wide that your face question mark turns into um a polygamous b a big waste of time or c will cramp up and then my personal favorite is that's because you're blank a a little boy b moe culture c shoot him 16 times <laughs> which was just inscrutable i th- i loved that one uh one of the other ones i was also quite fond of what's the point of having authority if you don't a nuclear fusion b abuse it or c return to the void yeah um really good stuff it was it was and as you said it was it was was honestly it felt like a tumblr joke but this game is like a 2007 japanese exclusive oh yeah no totally it was so long ago that it definitely came by that honestly i don't know by what means but it definitely did yeah um really funny really good really good sprite work in this game as well um, yeah, I love. I think, I think out of the adapted sprites uh, for the Lucky Stars, these were my favorite for sure. These were so cute. Yeah, they 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 sort of take from the manga, but like they're also a bit more squat and ridiculous. Even yeah. still, yeah, yeah, they were more cartoonish than the manga stuff. They were very mascotty, and I think that it worked really well. It, it worked great. There were a lot of really cool and epic illustrations. Um, very, very good and yeah um... also a lot of collectibles in this game to unlock after yes. doing the various mini games there's also more mini games than those base four they show in the tutorial there was like one where you have to speak into the microphone which we could not figure out how to set up on emulator yeah so we took the big l on that one every time which is fine uh those when we had to like count coins as they fell from the or as they uh, like, as they were deposited into the um the Hiragi family shrine box, mm-hmm. which was a good good flavorful little bit. Yep, um, I think there were a couple of others as well. There are some uh, other ones. But as as as, and you could also go and get your moe check and find out how moe you were. Uh, and because we haven't played that much, we were, I think we're still was it rank F in all moe categories? No, we e? we were E E and we were D in something by the end. I think we were D yes. in like heart or character or something. Yes, I think yeah, into determination or something. Um, and until you increased your moe level, you were just a blob that every time you touched made a horrible noise. Horrific, like S- some great SFX work in this game. Actually, yeah, really good, like dying beast <laughs> sound for the low level moe blob. The, the fact that it's oh a literal God. blob had me wondering. Yeah, I wonder if that's, huh? I mean, I almost certainly yeah. not. But like, no, they they knew they knew it was up. This game was very prescient, I think. Yeah, and the bizarre train sound effects. The train sound effect was so jarring. It was so loud. <laughs> very good. 
Um, oh. So the campaign for this game seems to have a lot of uh, a lot of little cutscenes as well with lots of funny dialogue. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bit where like Kanata is putting on a maid outfit to audition for a role. Um, uh, I think it's she's this is her doing a job when she wants to go to an event. Right, it was a maid cafe she job. Gets, yeah, then gets dragged into um, an onstage performance. And as she goes through her day, she encounters many classic characters in the series and has fights against them. I gotta say, uh, we were pretty big fans of the Kuroi-sensei moment where Kuroi shows up at the maid cafe. Yeah. That was very good. Extremely good. And it's also good because it's uh, Kanata being, like, fully tsundere for her. I mean, like, get out of here. I don't want to see you. That was, that was delightful. That was some good role reversal. Like, I oh, That was oh. tasty, tasty. Uh, and then there was Patty, and who else showed up? Oh, fucking... What's her name? The girl who looks like she's from Girls and Panza. I can never remember her name. Andor? Um, Ayane? Ayana? Ayana. Ayasa. 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 No, it's not. No. That's the one from Hathi. It's Ayasan. Ayano? Ayano. Perhaps it's Ayano. Let's go with Ayano. Yeah. Uh, she shows up and turns out she's actually got a personality and she's kind of funny, which I didn't realize from the anime. Yeah, she was sassy in this. I really quite liked her. She was surprisingly fun. Um, so the yeah, collectibles seemed very extensive and I do want to mention these quickly because once again lots of outfits for the characters mm-hmm. seemingly only for the characters once you're playing them Yeah. Um, which like for the campaign you're picking a character and then they have like unique stats and specials for like the combat quiz segments which was not clear what was happening it seems like most of the abilities just locked your opponent out from answering Yes. and that was about it um so whatever to that but the outfits were pretty crazy um the outfit shop has a drawing of kagami with the um uh fucking primary school rando seru and recorder and beret which was a nuclear option i don't think that they had to oh, do that 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 was that wasn't even the outfit shop that was the uh ost shop where you could buy that's some right of sound course test. yeah yeah because she had the recorder that's right that was insane. I had to screen cap that and show it to G as soon as possible. And I want to I clarify, G heavily approved. That was some good stuff. Wonderful. Uh, there was also like a bit where you could buy trading cards, but for some reason, every time you bought a pack of trading cards, they were like, oh, this is a shit pack, you lose. But Yeah, it just said fail pack. But, but they showed you some really good illustrations. Like, they showed you... Um... There was some really... There was the one Hiyori one that really, really ripped. Yeah, her looking like all sort of early 2000s Bishoujo holding up like a a, a picture of uh, Minami X Yukata fan art. Yeah, that was good. That was a, that was not a lose card. That was a win card to me. I, I wish that they could just give us that card. Um, yeah, that was very confusing. It seemed, it reminded me of like, um, you know, you're, you're just doing mini games and you're getting tokens and you're just blowing them on the gachapon machine inside the game. The collectibles thing was interesting because every single collectible um, it's like a bouquet of flowers or something, and then you go to Kanada's house and you bother her dad, Mr. Izumi, to look at the collectibles. And every single one of them has a panel and page stamp from the manga uh, for when the bouquet of flowers showed up in the manga, which is very funny to me. I like the idea that they had to shake down the manga for like a bunch of household objects to put <laughs> into the gachapon. Just I- incredibly charming, very funny. Oh, there's this wonderful illustration of um, Misao looking like some fucking get back as Yaoi dude. Yeah, That's... that was a good one. That was really, really good. <sighs> Love her. Stun um, Misao at it again. She does not stop. Yeah, in general, I don't know. The game was... Um, I-, I think I wish the microphone thing worked. Yeah. That seemed really good. 
Um, I'm assuming the game is probably extremely cheap if you want to pick it up now. Um, oh, definitely. And was just in general, I would say, seemed like there was a lot to get in there in terms of the, the writing seemed pretty fun and interesting. The fact it has the pre-anime voice cast quite charming i think some i think some voices are in the same i was fairly sure um uh akira had the same va she, oh well, akira is a long i i feel like akira as a character existed pre-anime right like with a voice yes because she did the radio shows oh so she yes. would have been the same voice for sure right that makes sense yeah um yeah but like the voice the different voice cast was very charming this game had a lot of, like, genuine playability and novelty value that, like, out of all of the games we played, this is the one that I would soonest uh, pick up again, for sure. Yeah. No contest I, I think for so. me. I, I think that maybe, was, that maybe, was... like, maybe the Kaon one if I didn't have the emulator problem, which, like, it, now that I have a PSP I could hack, that's a possibility, but this game seems like it'd be fun for learning Japanese with, actually. Yes, to a degree. To a degree. Uh, and yeah, I know. I was interested to check out the first one again, see if that has, has more on offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one was, was a genuinely kind of interesting, unique game that sort of had that real sort of weird DS funk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a surprise of the night. Honestly, I think my, my main takeaway from this whole evening was wow, I really don't like Moba Gay. They've like fucking crushed the the uh, good kind of licensed anime game. You know what? You're just... fucking not wrong. Yeah. Like this this was a golden era for like yeah sure let's let's make some sort of like vaguely creative like like game based off a license that like has to have actual gameplay or something set aside and not just be like a generic card RPG. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, part of so it yeah. I have to assume is like, oh, we've got this partially finished game for whatever, and then that got axed, so we can just paint it Lucky Star. But even that gives you a lot of very funny results, I would say. But yeah, and I would say, I'd say all the games that we played definitely actually felt like they were projects made for the game itself. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. Like, like obviously the the Lucky Star VN had to be because it was VN. Well, yeah. The Kaon game was very obviously a uh, well, it had to be a Kaon game, it was a rhythm game, and that sort of naturally fits anyway. Maybe the Hidamari sketch one wasn't originally, but if it wasn't, then then what was it? Yeah, the Hida sketch game was um, too quaint of a setup to be good for anything other than a show as charming as Hida sketch, I think. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose it leads us with our, our final game. Yeah, our, our, our oddball, definitely. Oddball. I think it was the last one we played. No, we, we finished no, with Kaon they... in our session. But... Yeah. Oh, he's officially that's right. Yes, we stuck yeah, on this one complete... for a while, though. <laughs> this one was this one yes. was um, this one was baffling but tantalizing, and we're talking about Lucky Star Net Idol Meister for the PSP 2010. Yeah, um, very strange game. This one is like an Idol Master spoof, and not in mm-hmm. a subtle way. Like on no. the front, they have like the classic pink outfits, and they. I even have like Net Idolmeister written in the IRAS font. Um and the game in general seem like is shockingly on the nose. Like, I guess I feel like with a manga you can kinda of get away with referencing stuff. Anime to a degree, but games referencing other stuff to the degree that this one does is kind of surprising, but it made more sense the more we dug into it. Um mm. the very opening has a 
uh, Gurren Lagan joke, and not even like a sort of vague one, but literally one to episode eight of Gurren Lagan. Um, yeah, where the guy says, "I've seen episode eight twice, no, a hundred times." Yes, actually, I think the actual thing was, uh, no, I think he was actually even saying to the other guy, like, "You should watch episode eight uh, ten times. No, you should watch it a hundred times." And I was uh... like, okay, because uh, Anime Tensho was there, and he is epic. Epic. He anime is the Tensho. epic guy. It is kind of funny in the context of the game where um, he is actually the IMAS secretary character, it turns out. Which, like, honestly, uh, not complaining. He's cute for it. Yeah. Yeah, the game goes has an extensively long anime tensho and um, uh, idol producer boss man having a chat for, like, a while. That was, a, that was uh, like, a 20-minute cutscene. <laughs> It went on and or on close and on. to it. It was fucking yeah. long. Once again, had sn- no skip function on this VN no skip segment. Function. Yes, uh, fully voice acted, which was cool. That was that was fun. Um, and then you actually get into producing the girls. Uh, again, we didn't get too deep into this one for for one specific reason. Um, <laughs> I, I do kind of wish I'd gone back and played a bit more of it. Maybe I will. Um, but it starts off with uh, you recruiting Kanata, and then Kanata has this funny bit where she does a uh, idle sort of uh, application, but is clearly not being in character as the Kanata we know is instead putting on a funny voice and being very idle-like, which is it which pretty, is fun. It was a pretty good bit. It was fun hearing her uh, do the performance. This is, of course, now the post-anime cast, so I hear Rano that we know and love. Um, mm-hmm. Just eating eating that shit up. She Her plate was full and she ate <laughs> as funny Kanata idol. Um, this seemed to have the most inscrutable game flow out of anything we played. Yes. Like, you know, the VN's a VN, uh, Mario Party's Mario Party, Rhythm Game's a Rhythm Game. Um, even Moe Drill at least has, like, your, you have your minigames, you can play them whenever you want, and then you can collect stuff later. This was just so... <clears throat> the menu looks similar to Moe Drill, where you have, like, your locations in the city that Kanata can go to. And various characters from Lucky Star are present randomly each day. And then only two of them seemed to be games we could play at the moment. Yes. And then uh, they were both really weird and, I'm going to say, bad minigames. I, I didn't mind the voice training one. The voice training, the voice training one's fine. pretty funny. Because she just holds that note for a long fucking time. That was, yeah. some, that was really funny. Um, the fucking the other... Washoi one was insane. Yeah, it's like you go to like a like a like a sort of a temple festival, and then you have to tap the controller in time to make the crowd go washoi. But the timing is it's truly seems, inscrutable. I I would say the timing is um, alternating and accelerating at a comfortable pace as long as you're keeping a good rhythm going and a pretty steady even rhythm. But then once in a while they'll just put two on one side, and you just like lose half of your meter. And the speed you're building up to is so fast that, like, well, okay, I'm not, I'm not good enough for it. But like, who the fuck is watching for the inputs at that point? Like, you're just alternating left, right, left, right. It, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. This is the kind of game that I would love to see how you're supposed to play it because I, I, we couldn't suss that one out by the end. Yeah, I got, you, we got you... some decent scores on that one. Yeah. And again, there's also it also has like a very clear spoof of uh, the uh, Tycoon of Hatsugin, um yes, like uh, yeah. charge bar at the bottom. It's definitely which, doing again, that. Which again isn't it's doing that, but this game wasn't published by by Bamco. 
Yeah. Or, I guess were they were they together at that point or had they not merged yet? Either way, it's um, it's it's a Katakawa game, so like yeah, they just keep on referencing a lot of what eventually both. T- Eventually, no, actually, Namco properties because Namco originally did uh, Taiko Tatsujin and I. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so there was that. I'm like, okay, okay. So we've got this game where you have to keep on grinding up to get this currency and fans by playing these two inscrutable mini games. And there's some other stuff you can do, but they either require you to be leveled up more or just don't seem to be accessible at this point. Fine. And then we found the quiz game, the local audition. The local edition, uh, where you did basically because you thought, okay, qu- local edition. This could be some sort of like maybe like IMAS style rhythm thing, sure. or like the early IMAS games. We have to like put inputs and stuff to do a performance. Maybe some sort of producer no. angle or something. But no, it's a it is a quiz game. It is a quiz game, and, and it is a how. Oh, I. It was fascinating. Um, it was the thing that really made me wish. Well, it, it was it was a quiz game where it, the text was very fast. Um, my Japanese is, is fine, but enough that I did have to pause so I could actually read, read the question and read the answers. And our first time going up against it, uh, I got very confused because I misunderstood what the quiz was asking for. It was an odd one out one where they uh, would give you questions like uh, they'd take American drama and then give you four things and you had to figure out which one wasn't a overseas American drama. Uh, uh, it turns out Full House is an American drama. Yes. And I saw Full House. I was like, ah, Kaigai drama. Okay. Full House. Yeah, so we ended, up spe- we ended up spending that entire round picking things that were not the odd one out. And in fact, were one of the ones in, which didn't really yes. help our score, unfortunately. Didn't. Yeah. Um, um, but they, but... They, they really covered the gamut. Like the odd one out quiz, yeah. you have some JoJo's questions about stands. Yep. You got some common Rider questions. You got the yep. fucking Full House question. Yeah. Uh, very, just, it seemed like genuinely the content of a fantastically well put together quiz for hardcore otakus. And that was yeah. so, so cool to see. It would have been, I think, really fascinating if you went through it like properly with like time so you could actually read all the questions. Um, yeah, by the time know, we had, ever do... by the time we got like a pause set up down to like really research every question, we got hit with our most insane round yet. <laughs> Which was, um, okay, so you gotta stay with me on this one. But it started off and it says, who is this girl? And it shows a picture of uh, some cleavage with, like, a green v-neck top and, like, a bit of a brown belt. And so we're looking at it and we're like, is that just from some show? Like, she looks like an isekai girl, but this is pre-isekai, like, so I couldn't even guess one. Yeah, I like thought it's... she was from Zunotsukaima or like Yeah, Shakyama and then I was like, is this like Slayers or something? No. And then we were like, wait a minute. We looked at like the cover of the game and some of the game art that we could find. And I... all of the photos from the Who Is This Girl quiz are just extreme close-ups of cleavage and navel from the Mostly extended... navel. Mostly navel later on, to be fair. Um, that completely fair lots of navel which is a very identifiable part of the body um and it was entirely from extended universe lucky star girls in their fake idol master outfits from the artwork for this game 
and finding artwork for this game on English Google and Japanese Google and Japanese Google proved to be an absolute fucking struggle. So using an excessive amount of, of pause time and deductive reasoning, I think we managed to get six out of ten on that round. Yes. After whiffing the first one. I mean, only came in third? We came Three third. Yeah, we came third we came in third. the local audition. So this is a hard-ass quiz game that wants you to be correct with your answers. Yeah. Um, man. Man, oh man. It was it was interesting. I don't know. If we ever do streams, maybe we'll stream playing this, that. Yeah, this we'll, would be we'll a streamable game for sure. Um, And see if anyone can figure out the um the festival game. Yeah, the Washoi was... is not hitting. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of buildings and areas that we didn't yet get to go to because you had to grind more by winning the local auditions. Which yeah, which we gave it a well. lot of attempts. We gave it way more attempts than I expected us to because <laughs> it was just such a, it was a real addicting kind of quiz where it was like I know that we know some of these questions. Yeah. Um. Our also our favorite category, the tsundere judgment, came back with an even ex more extensive selection of dere's and tsuns and gide's and yeah yans some coup going and on in there it kicked our ass <laughs> that shit was that was very hard that was a that was an even harder version of the first uh tsundere judgment definitely the first tsundere judgment that wasn't too bad this one was this one was proper substantially hard. harder and, and once again it seemed relatively justified in its answers so we were just hmm. kind of bitter about it for the most part but it was pretty yeah. impressive this is the kind of game i would adore to come back to in five more years of practice and fluency <laughs> and also of it's... just like anime experience for that matter so like early mid 2000s anime experience yes yeah, specifically yeah we got to go back and watch all the getter robo from that era we got to watch the uh... madinger d <laughs> hey we, we saw blue drop recently at least we did we did see blue drop so blue drop um yeah, where were the Yamibo questions? There were, wait, one where, of the shows where we, were the Yamibo questions? One of the crazy ass uh, Yuri shows we saw did get name dropped, didn't it? Or am I thinking of just Mario Mite? Uh, or did they name drop Strawberry Panic? I don't think they did. They, I might just be imagining it. Did they name drop Kanazuki? I think they might have named drop Kanazuki no Miko. Yeah, or like alluded to it. At I least. think it came up in the in the odd one out. Because it was one of the odd ones yeah. in for like I don't know some some fucking mecha or or whatever. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, say that. Whatever. I'm gonna gaslight God. myself into believing that, regardless. Um, because it really, was it fairly popular. Heart. It was popular. So it, it was also a very good checks show. Out. It was. Um, God, what a strange evening! What a strange evening of, of gaming, that was. But it was a good time. Um, shall we do our ranking of the five games? I guess so. Um, you can probably figure out where we're at on this, but I think I haven't bumped the mic, so I'm gonna re-say that. You can probably figure out where we're out where we're at on this one, but um, at our, at the bottom we have our Lucky Star Ryo Gakuen Otosai Portable. I uh, yep, same here. Yep, decidedly. Um, I would say second from the bottom. I would honestly put um, in terms of game, I would put Hita Sketch, but it yeah. has so much collector's value for me personally as a freak that I personally would put it higher. But I will cop to admitting that the game aspect is not at all interesting. And it is yeah. mostly just like a motion gallery of my favorite moments from seasons one and two, which has a lot of value for me, but it's not a very fun game. Yeah. So that's fine. After that, I think it gets a little bit tighter here at the top. I'd probably put Netmeister third. Yep. Um, just because it was very difficult to parse. Um, 
and the other mini games weren't too interesting even if the quiz was like a real a real like this is the kind of quiz where if this was offered in English I would eat this shit up like like crazy. Oh, this would we, be, we'd be incredible. With this. We are on the verge of making this quiz in English is how much we liked this quiz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a little bit more research, a couple more uh, quiz check sourcers and we're just there. So get, keep your eyes peeled for only connect anime edition on Patreon it's gonna happen. soon. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. Absolutely, right? Um and then second and th second and first, I think these are pretty tight for me, but I would put Kaon just below Moe Drill. I actually agree there. Uh, I played I played more of the Kaon one without lag, and it's pretty fun, but it is ultimately a Project Eva style rhythm game, which isn't my favorite kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Moe Drill was just so bizarre and and so charming, and the original writing for it seemed genuinely like pretty on point. Yeah, we were into um, it. So I, that's one I might just actually revisit. That one I'll have to probably actually buy a cartridge of, but I assume, mm. I assume it's cheap. Let's find out. <laughs> um, I'd be, I'd be Googling. To, yeah, I'd be interested to like just get a price for all of these, but I feel... Um, I assume most of them are probably pretty cheap these days. Um, I would hope so. Yeah. If you want, if you want, um, Lucky Star Tabadachi, uh, the limited edition release, even that's gonna set you back eight hundred eighty yen. Wow. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Very nice. So that's you know oh, what that might be worth a pickup. Especially, especially for you, since the box is the um, Kanata and Kagami uh, marriage. Oh hell yeah! Yes. Hashtag W. Hashtag win. Oh, that's awesome. The win is here. Yeah, I might uh, I might pick me up a copy of that for the DS, honestly, if it's under $10 pre-shipping. That means it'll only be about $80 post-shipping Canadian, so that's totally fine. It's <laughs> manageable. That's a full-price game. That's fine. I've played that before for worse. True enough. All right. Um, and, yeah, anything else on our game selection for the, for the, for the pod, for the epi? Not really. Uh, in terms of other Kirara or related games, um, things do kind of draw up once it gets to the 2010s, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, you start there the Mobile era. Okay, you have a few. I know there's like the new game VN, which... Okay. I don't know. I feel like they should have gone for like a mini game compilation or something. Uh, but True. Maybe that's all right. I've, I've never played it. I don't really have much desire to. Uh, otherwise, I think... I mean, I'm of the opinion that enough. every single slice of life would make an amazing WarioWare clone. Period. Exactly. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. And then obviously, new game has the benefit of like being able to have like video game jokes and stuff in it. Yeah, it would be the most WarioWare because you could just have all the nine volt bits in there, whole cloth. <sighs> a WarioWare's only nine volt bits would be pretty good. That was. Yeah, um, they, they... I think that DS one that they put out, or like the the WarioWare like Championship Edition, or the fuck it's called, that collection they put out on 3DS. Uh, where we're at gold. Gold, that's it. Yeah, I think that you can break it down by character, so there's like a whole 9-volt section. That's pretty cool. I guess also there was that NES Remix thing they put out a few years back. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. And then, and going back to the DS, you also have, um, you know you know Game Center CX? Oh, of course. That had a uh, DS game where you played oh. fake old NES games. That's really cute. Yeah, and you actually got an English release for some reason. What the fuck uh, is Alba doing these days? Nothing, probably. No, I'm she, should, she should get on her dev. Yeah, get on her dev shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I think otherwise I'll have to look into it, but I, I off the top of my head, I don't think 
many later ones have got ones that weren't VNs or certainly nothing as exciting as oh here's a whole complete rhythm game or here's Dots Karashima or here's whatever the hell Netmeister was yeah here is a strange strange experiment with copyright licensing and jokes <laughs> oh man but yeah um, fun set of games uh, I would say they're worth checking out if you have uh, some Japanese competency and are interested in the games represented Mm-hmm. Don't be uh, afraid to pause you... on the emulator. You know. Yep. You're worth uh, it. You don't need any Japanese competency for Kon. Oh yeah, that like is Kion a pars- that is a parsable menu for sure. Um. So yeah, I don't know. They're fun. Wouldn't say any of them are essential, but they're they're all interesting. Um. And it's it's just neat that there was near a time where you didn't just get licensed anime games, but licensed anime games based off slice of life series. Yeah, it's a, a real harkening back to an era. All right. And speaking. Speaking of video games. Back. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. Sorry. I. Real quick here. While we're still speaking on yeah. video games, um, I wanted to do a little shout out to a podcast. Uh, you might have heard called No Cartridge, because um, our good friend Piss uh, shouted us out on the No Cartridge a little while ago. I want to return the favor. No Cartridge is a fantastic little podcast by my friend Trevor Strunk about uh, video games. Um, dude has a book out. The book is called Story Mode. It's also about video games. He's a genius. I think he has a literal PhD in games and gaming. Wow. PhD That's level impressive. gamer. So on our games episode, shout out to Trevor. Shout out to No Cartridge. And if you're fans of our regular anime episodes, check out No Wall Scroll, the Trevor and Piss special where they cover a very good selection of anime. I gotta say, they got some really beast mode picks. Piss is curating the hell out of that content list. We got um, they're currently doing Katana Gatari. They've done Kaiji, they've done um, uh, Aria, they've done Tatami Galaxy, some real fucking hitters there. So if you like us talking about anime, but you wish we covered different anime, we're not ever going to, but you can check out uh, No Wall Scroll. (laughs) Shout out to the homie Piss. You write in every week. We love you. We love you, buddy. They also do it in a lot more detail than we do. Yeah, they do like episode by episode, like, like, um... Like, you know, like, like, real breakdown of the whole show, um, b- yeah. bit by bit. They do, like, every three episodes. Katana Guitari, hour-long show. They're doing it every episode at a time, which has been an absolute pleasure to go through. I'm just on the la- latest one right now, episode nine. Remembering my time with that show fondly. Yeah, good-ass podcast. Check out No Cartridge slash No Wall Scroll. Check out Homeboy's book, Story Mode by Trevor Strunk. Not to be confused with Minecraft Story Mode. Which already has enough people buying that shit, so <laughs> don't even worry about that. Um, okay, so that was my segue. What, what was your segue? Uh, my segue was, and um, speaking of things from an era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going, well, we started going back in time, but actually I think, I think the show came out after Lucky Star, but spiritually and emotionally, oh, yeah. we are going back in time. Um, to 2007, apparently, not that you can know from looking at the show. Nope. Uh, to go and watch Kana Memo. Kana Memo. Uh, that is the full title. Which is possibly not quite the oldest Kirara anime. Uh, that's no. still no, 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 on no. a still belongs to Dojin work. Yes. Which we will also have to get to at some point. That is also true. Uh, but in terms of, I think, what would be arguably recognizable as a modern Kirara anime. This is the first one. 
Probably. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to find out. We've both seen part of it. Both seen part of it. And then we were like, I think, I think in some ways, kind of memo was like our impetus for the podcast because this this show was. was like so insane that we're like, we should record some some talking on this shit because this isn't this is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think it's because it also came for us being like, right, we need to we need to look into the history of Jurara. Yeah, and totally. Like, okay, let's do this. And then we started watching it, and we're like, oh, what have we got ourselves into? And then we yeah. shelved the podcast for two years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> but now we got a format. We're back on track. We are in we're the back- house. And we're ready to finish Kana Memo, which also we had to put off until we did Harukana Receive, because we're sort of like working our way up to like levels of cancelability. <laughs> so we got the incest episode out of the way. Um, we got the weird fan service out of the way. And now we're on whatever the fuck Kana Memo is. So brace yourselves if you're watching along at home. Um, I hope we enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope someone enjoys it. I'm pretty sure someone's gonna enjoy it. It just <laughs> it remains to be seen exactly who. Um, and yeah, we'll see if that fun thing is any freaking fun. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. as for video games, were video games f- as fun things as video games fun thing fun? <laughs> <laughs> were video game were our fun were our fun things fun uh, this week? Yeah, Most yeah of let's them. go with it. Yeah, Most overall, I'd say 3.5 out of 5. Of yeah, them. totally. That's totally fair. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on our first ever OVA special. Thank you very much. We'll be back. We'll be back with our full episode on Kana Memo in the near future, in the new year, by the way. So have a happy holidays. Have a happy rest of 2021. And we'll fucking see you with Kana Memo in 2022, which is a sentence that no one has ever said before. Really isn't. <laughs> um, Alright, here's to the future. Here's to Kana Memo. And thank you for listening to our special OVA episode of Our Fun Things Fun, where we discussed some video games. Uh, I got some stuff to do. Let's do the audio credits real quick and then we'll get out of here. Up first, you heard the usual intro song by Hokago Tea Time, as covered by me. Our little intro gag there, you heard a song off of the Penguin Drum OST by Yukari Hashimoto, and that song was Mohitotsu no Sekai Yocho. And then for our interstitial and for our ending song, which you're currently enjoying, you're listening to some selections from the Lucky Star Character Song Volume 12, which was the Yui and Nanako version. Uh, in the middle, you heard Tekireki na Lady, and right now you're enjoying Kekon Nante Sapapaya. Thank you once again for listening. You'll hear from us a week after next Friday with our usual episode on Kana Memo. Bye-bye. と女
野球の方がときめくんやときめき男に求めた頃もあったけどねはい